welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my co-hosts, Matt O'Hara. Hey, what's going on, man? Ah, we're just here on a Saturday. Yeah, weird, weird timing thing, but we had some stuff going on in the week, so this is when we could do it. Yeah, you're going to the island to I celebrate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Cedar Point for a couple days with the family to celebrate. Right. Just before the kids go back to school, a little, uh, little family getaway. You know, have the beach park, have the roller coaster. Cedar Point is the greatest amusement park in the entire world. That is not me being facetious. That is a fact. That is a fact. It yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just waiting until my kiddos get a little bit bigger so when the, the so the small one is able to do some stuff. Yeah, we measured Cam, my youngest, is uh, exactly 48 inches nice. to the T. Nice. Uh, he can officially ride just about every ride except for four. Nice. And we're good with that. that he can ride awesome. the Millennium yeah. Force, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Greatest roller coaster ever made. So I'm stoked. It's cool, going to be a man. good couple of days. So here we are on Saturday. So a couple games have not... Uh, taking place you know the uh minnesota denver they play tonight and the chargers and uh cardinals play tonight so we won't have any input on that but you know it's week one yeah we'll catch them up we'll catch them up if there's anything good next week but there's some news and notes um big time already injuries are happening so we lost darius geist which thought was gonna be an mcl sprain to a torn acl the first game of the year yeah i told you not to draft him And the worst part is he looked really good. He did look good, man. And, and you know, it was like everything I saw on tape uh, really came to fruition there in the first game. He was an angry runner, hard to take down. Unfortunately, he might have been fighting through a little bit too much and, and, and end up tearing that ACL, man. Yeah, like when I watched him during that game, I was like, yeah, I was like, he's going to be pretty good. Cause I, I mean, I had him at four, so it's not like I had him too mm-hmm. low anyways. Right. I was like, if I can catch some footballs, like he's going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I had him there was because of the – uh, pass catch ability anyways. Right, right. I didn't, we didn't have him smash AP Ryan um, no. category, but he's out for the year. Gives a boost to Chris Thompson a lot. Now, who's going to be the other running back steps up? Is it going to be smash AP Ryan, turd, uh, Robert Kelly, a, a less stinky turd? I was going to say, and, and, and Fat Rob uh, apparently came in a little bit slimmer this mm. year, so he's uh, trimmed down Rob. So I, I would imagine um, Rob Kelly's probably the guy. Yeah, Marshall there too. Um, right. They have Marshall from last year, uh, Byron Marshall. Um, so both those guys will probably, so I, I think P Ryan lives to fight another day here. You know what I mean? Um, where he was probably going to be the odd man out from all, all accounts. And, yeah. I would try and flip him, man. I'm trying, I would try and flip P Ryan for, to the guys owner. If you're not, if you don't own both of them, right. If you have P Ryan and I would, again, I would go ahead to 2020. I would, I've been, I've, I pulled off about four trades this week. All for 2020 draft picks. I got a couple seconds, and I actually ended up getting a first, 2020 first. I, I totally bent somebody over and gave it to them. Uh, they desperately need a quarterback, and I got a 2020 first for Matt Ryan, and I was like, yeah. Wow. No lube on that one, baby. Nice. Um, so why not take this opportunity for P. Ryan and try and flip him to the guy's owner for a 2020 second? You yeah. Know? No, I, I'm, I'm down with that, man. I mean, obviously, a lot of, the time, a lot of people, unfortunately, spent – a first round pick on P Ryan last year. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you can get a second round pick in 2020, I, th- I think you're cashing out high right now on him. Cause he's not going to get more value. I don't think. Absolutely. And again, so we said draft guys, the player this year, we said not to draft is Ronald Jones. And it's funny because there's a lot of news coming out of Tampa Bay camp, a lot of news, Matt. Mm-hmm. And this news is saying 
that Ronald Jones is struggling very hard in the passing game with pass protection, catching the football, lots of drops. Um, isn't he, had a, re- he had a drop in the game. Isn't really too great even behind the line, but Peyton Barber's looking great. I, I put the tweet out, retweet. I'm like, oh, wow, who would have guessed? Yeah, who would have thunk? Who would have guessed? Uh, remember, it's a privilege to listen to this podcast. <laughs> 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 I know some people probably hate it. Like, oh, these guys talk too much. Or at least, okay, Rich talks too much about like how they're right so much. But sometimes it just... I mean, even me, it shocks me sometimes uh, how how much we're right. But again, it's just it's early, so just as just as the good things are looking good our way, we're not going to overreact on even the bad things like Ronald Jones. We're not going to overreact on. Right, he still but, has plenty of time to pull it together. But it, it, early but, reports are that he's struggling. Yeah. But here's the thing, and here's the way I look at everything early: is I try to take what I see on tape and I see how that would translate to the NFL, not just what they do in college, but how that's going to translate to the NFL. Because you'd be a big, powerful runner in college and that will get you places it won't get you as far in the nfl because everyone's big everyone's strong in the nfl yeah so how does that so how does that translate and then once i see somebody come in and it translates and i'm like ooh, okay my ears are perked and i feel really good about it baker mayfield for the browns everything he did in college came right in first preseason game we're not going to overreact translated really well everything that carrie and johnson did in college i liked i sat here before and i Mm -hmm. made this I made an argument. I was like, why would you draft Geist that high when you can wait and trade back and t- trade a, take a carry on Johnson, who do, does catch the football well, and get him? And you can get much more draft capital in a strong draft. And people were like, oh, okay. And boom, here carry on Johnson is his first preseason game, preseason game. He looks great. And you're like, oh, yeah, who would you rather have? People are tweeting at me, hey, should I just take carry Johnson number two overall now if I had to do it today? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, not really, but I mean – but maybe I mean it wouldn't like kill you if you did, you know. Like it. So, yeah, so it's not end of the world there. Um, but we're going to get all those games here. A couple of newer news and notes with Matt Breda hurt his shoulder. He'll be ready back for Week One, though. Right. Him uh, and George Kittle both uh, came up with shoulder injuries there in that San Fran game, and they're both going to be back Week right. One, which is good. Cause, I mean, if Kittle went down, oh. Right. I mean, you're looking at uh, Brent Selleck's brother Garrett Selleck there, or like. Cole Hickatini or something like that at, at tight end, which neither one of those are great options. No, no, it's Kittle all day there, son. Right. Um, De- Deion Kane was another guy that went down for with ACL for the entire season. So, I mean, this is a sixth-round pick um, that obviously was getting a ton of hype here in training camps. And then, unfortunately, you know, first game out in the preseason, and boom, ACL injury. So uh, we're going to have to wait to see what we're going to get a little bit on Deion Kane. Till next season, I mean that opens up you know opportunities for Chester Rogers, Chester Rogers Ryan to, Grant, right? Uh, Ryan look, Grant is is getting more positive reviews, I guess, out of training camp at this point. Um, there's some consistency issues, it sounds like, with Chester Rogers. So uh, you know, Ryan Grant's been, I think, unofficially or you know, put you know number two on the the depth chart with with Chester Rogers. Yeah, I think they're gonna move three. Ryan Grant outside to Tito Hill, and I think it really helps Jack Doyle a lot. I think they're gonna use Jack Doyle in the slot a lot more, mm-hmm. and they'll have him. I think we're gonna see Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle on the field a lot. So it's good if you're like somewhat nervous about you know this Ebron news and you own, own Doyle. I was never too worried about that, but I think this really helps that. Uh, what sucks is Deion Kane was having a really strong camp, right. and looking pretty good, and. Th- Again, it's just hard because the opportunities sometimes are just – it's just about opportunity in the NFL. Where do you get that chance? Sometimes, and it looked like he was going to get it, you know, yeah. early. And now this ACL injury, who knows? There's no guarantees. Right, for a sixth-round draft pick, I mean, they might just – if he's a little bit off, he might just be off the team, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. know, So it's it's very hard. It's a, it's a big blow for somebody that you got late and that you were hearing a ton of good stuff on. 
So that from that standpoint, it, it stinks. Anytime, anytime there's injuries early in the year like this, it's it sucks. So and there's gonna be more. There's yeah. Be, oh, there's definitely be more next. We lose people to ACL all the time. It's just about that's why you need depth and just getting through healthy. I mean, right. sometimes if you just get you're the team that gets through unscathed, that alone could get you to a title. It could alone. Yeah. Um, any more news and notes, Matt? Uh, nothing that pops into mind right now. No. So let's jump into some of these games. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Buffalo Bills. Uh, on the Carolina side, again, because week one, we're not going to see much going on. But they did use Christian McCaffrey as the main running back there. And he got the goal line carry, and he scored. He he literally took all of the carries for the first for the first team. Um, C.J. Anderson got zero. So, I mean, it was it was him. He's he's the number one guy. and And that's it. Yeah, I mean, CJ was kind of running a little bit behind Cameron Artis Payne there, which is a little bit. Again, early, I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, but I think the big thing here is when they were preaching Christian McCaffrey's going to get more carries, that might be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right. which, I mean, again, he only got, what, what Christian McCaffrey get? Four carries, average for 11 yards, 2.8 yards, so nothing fancy-pantsy. His strength is still going to come in the passing game, which he had two catches for 29 yards. Right. But Christian McCaffrey, I think, is locked in as a running back one this year. Like Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think CJ Anderson, you know, is he's, I don't, I don't want to call him an afterthought, but he's going to be a guy that spells Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to be a guy that's in, in situations where it dictates it, you know, short yardage and stuff like that. But I don't think they're going to be using CJ Anderson as an every down type of guy in any capacity. No, not at all. And I mean, Panthers were top five, I think in goal line red zone carries there. And we thought that might be a boost for CJ Anderson. And if they if 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 you can give fifty percent of those to Christian McCaffrey, I mean, look out. You're talking right. potential. If he can come away with those eighty five to one hundred catches again this year, you're talking top three running back mm-hmm. this year. Top three in the receiving part from Carolina. DJ Moore looked really good. Yeah. He was early receiver on the day. He had four catches, seventy five yards, but he looked pretty good and explosive out there. We have the re- doing some stuff after the catch. I mean, stuff you saw from college, you know, breaking a breaking a, a short pass and, and making it into a long gain. I mean, he had one of those. So it's it's definitely um, the stuff that you saw on tape in college is translating over into the preseason, which is you know it goes to your point earlier that you want that's what you want to see. You want to see the translate mm-hmm. and a nice rebound for a guy that we thought with his ankle that we were somewhat worried about because there was some ligament d- damage. Curtis Samuel's back and he's healthy. Yep and. They took him in the second round last year. He comes in four yard catches, 43 yards, really made a nice catch where he went up and got the football, really extended on it. Uh, with Devin Funches walking after this year, they're not going to resign Devin Funches, right? Uh, doubtful, you know. I mean, they've obviously committed a lot of draft capital in these past few years to wide receivers, just, you know, second round and then first round pick in, in, in Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, I, I think they'll probably let him walk unless he has a phenomenal year and, and Cam's like, Hey, bring this guy back. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I, but uh, as of now, yeah, I would think that he leaves. Did you see that video of the tub of goo walking up at, or Cam Newton walking up on tub of goo? Like, I, I talk, did. Why trying to try and sp- yep. talk smack about me, buddy? I'm a top five fantasy asset every single year. What are you talking about? What are you, you show up overweight looking like a pill bill, Pillsbury Doughboy. You're out there in Buffalo. They're trying to get all these, they're training for Corey Coleman. Cause they got you. And you know, they to be training Corey Coleman. They had a really good receiver. You're a big, Fat, slow, tub of goo. And then Kelvin Benjamin went out there and just dominated. <laughs> yeah, four receptions, 59 yards, and touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin uh, did all right. So, two so two guys there. So, so, two guys here. I think Curtis Samuel could hold some sneaky value, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it might not translate this year, but for 
going into 2019, Curtis Samuel might have some good value because he's a guy that can, you know, if they let C.J. Anderson walk after this year or something happens there, they can still put him in the backfield there. Right. They, can, they can be really explosive at a slot. He's a really good athlete. Uh, could be a nice buy low, good stash guy. Won't hold, won't hold much value this year, but might hold more value in 2019. And speaking of Tubagoo, Kelvin Benjamin, you mean they don't have again? They trade for Corey Coleman. I'm not. A lot of people are like, dude, this is it for Corey Coleman. I'm like, no. If anything, this is going to help Corey Coleman because he wasn't going to do anything in Cleveland behind Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway. That was locked in. I said last week on the pod what the rumor was. Not even a rumor. It was stated as fact for the person on the inside that knows about him going to the strip club and spending eight to ten grand uh, every night and getting prostitutes, and they did not want to round him on the team. But allegedly, you know, that was uh, no. The guy even said he's like allegedly. He's like, you know what? I'm not even going to say allegedly. It's fact. He did it. So okay. I'm going to go by him. I trust him, Benjamin Albright. I mean, he's the guy is right all the time. So, um, on the flip side here, you think Kelvin Benjamin? I mean, his value is pretty low right now on targets alone and opportunity alone. There, I mean, he is somebody that just might finish as a a, a wide receiver one. Just on how many targets he, he's going to see this. Year. I mean, for a guy that I don't, I don't particularly care for um, as like a dynasty asset. I I went ahead and drafted him in in our Scott Fishbowl because mm-hmm. he was such a value late that I had to, I had to take him. He was like, he was clearly the best guy on the board, and and yeah, I think he's going to have some sneaky value this year because he is going to be the number one target here. I mean, the same, that's, that's the, just a that's just the bottom line. Other than you know, obviously Lashawn McCoy. It's going to be it's going to be those two guys that are are gobbling up most of these targets here. Yeah, Tim, Corey Coleman, and Zay Jones. Right. And there's not a lot to trust to go around Corey Coleman and Zay Jones right now. And the same reason where he finished that one year really well in Carolina is because there's nobody else to throw the ball to. Yes, he drops the football a lot, but I mean he didn't have a lot of drops. He had four targets, four catches this game. Uh, and, he, and I will admit he's somewhat mildly approved uh, on the drops. Improved, I think, yeah. 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 I mean he was at one point I think. For two years, he was literally at a 50% drop rate. I think he might not be a little bit higher there now, though. But I think Kelvin Benjamin, for somebody that's most likely going to be out of Buffalo, but maybe they resign because they have no other options. He does have a really good year this year. Josh Josh Allen's big big arm. They trail some games here. Uh, he can go up there and get the football. Kelvin Benjamin might be a good buy right now for your 2018 fantasy season. Right. I'm with you. I'm I'm not I, I'm not in on Kelvin Benjamin at all for a dynasty asset. But for this year in 2018, he might be a good value. Right, and, and I don't think you have to give away a ton for Calvin Benjamin. I think people know what he is at this point. I mean, I think you can get fair value for him is, is my point. I don't think you have to overpay for Calvin Benjamin. If I was a championship – so the 2019 class right now we're not extremely high on, right? Sure. So It's, it's early. It's way yeah. too early to judge yeah. it. But for like from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like it's to be stellar. Uh, not super deep. Definitely have to run a back class. So – I mean, if you're a championship caliber team and you need a wide receiver, like a good wide receiver three, and that's what you're missing because you have two good receivers and nothing else, and that's what's holding you back from the ship, I'm okay with giving a 2019 first for Kelvin Benjamin. In. So am I, and I think that's fair value um, for the guy. You know what I mean? He's if you, if you own him and you get a first back for him right now, I think you're doing well for yourself. And if you don't own him and you need a piece, I don't think you're overpaying for giving, by giving a first. So I think that's I think that's nice and fair a first round pick, Calvin Benjamin. It'll be late, you know, 
Um, and, and, and that's you're doing good for yourself on either side of that. I feel like it's a win-win. Yeah. I feel like if somebody offered me a first for Kelvin Benjamin, like I feel like I got to take it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's I'm what like, I mean. I got to like, take it's just, it. It's just good value both ways. I yeah, think. and when you're getting them back because you need receiver help, you're like, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. You know, because even if he – because if he helps you win, that's all that matters. Yep. I mean, he could do, he, absolutely is. he could he become the Pillsbury Doughboy, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man afterwards, and you're okay with it because you got the ship, and yep. you're gonna be walking around bragging to your grandchildren, like, "Look at this, 2018 son, champion of the Dynasty Fantasy Football League." I'm like, and there's, you know, your son's like, "Your grandpa's crazy. Your grandpa's crazy." Um, it's only what I ever got. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Calvin Benjamin. So, so one last guy I wanted to just kind of mention here was Marcus Murphy, the running back out of Buffalo. Uh, got a, got a lot of run and and did well. You know what I mean. And there's been some reviews coming out of camp saying that he looks really good. Obviously, the the top two spots are probably locked down with with Chris Ivory and Lashawn McCoy. But he might be a nice little third option for them, and he could probably do some special team stuff. So this is a guy that's that's fighting for a roster spot, probably as as the third running back. But he did nice for himself. Seven carries, 35 yards, and then um, four catches for 30 yards as well. So Watch list alert. Definitely. Watch list he's, alert. He's a Marcus guy. Murphy, running back, Buffalo Bills. Roster spot available. Stash him. Yep. I, I think he's definitely worth that kind of attention. So. Yeah, Chris Ivory, a little old there. Again, with that offensive line, we don't know how it's going to hold up. We don't. I, I still feel like there's a chance Buffalo trades LaShawn McCoy um, to a team that needs a running back. Wink, wink, Washington Redskins now mm. need a running back, yes, potentially. You know, they came out today and said, um, you know, we didn't draft Darius Geis because we felt there was a need at running back. We drafted Darius Geis because he's the best player on the board. Uh, that's what they said today. I thought right. it was a good quote for them, uh, even though they probably needed a running back. Yeah, uh, they definitely need an upgrade. But again, back. I mean, if anything happens to McCoy, I mean, we know Chris Ivory is not the man there. And if he could split carries with a guy like Marcus Murphy for – any reason he'll have some nice PPR value. Have some value there. Yeah, definitely. Because um, even in uh, passing game, Marcus Murphy he did four, four catches, thirty yards. Four catches for thirty yards for seventy. That's all four targets he caught. Yeah. So some value there. I like him as a nice stash for your roster as well. We all have room to stash for most leagues. Even though, like, I went through and picked up Jake Kumaro on every single roster I could, except for one because I had nobody can cut. Like my, you know, this time of the year. Oh, it's fluid. You better have a little bit of room on the bottom. I know, but that's the problem, though. At the same time, you pick up a couple guys to stash, and then you right. find another guy you want to stash, and they're like, okay, do I drop him? Or yeah, do, you it's, know, it's or a juggle I, act. It's or a am I dropped sure. in Javon Wims? Right. Or do I drop him? And then, you know, here's Marcus Murphy. Okay, well, I just picked up Jake Kumaro. Do I drop Jake Kumaro for Marcus Murphy? Mm, it's so now act. you're like, oh, yeah. I wish my roster was at like 38 instead oh, of 30. I, if I could have 40, I would, I swear. So, because even now, like, I'm kind of, like, there's always guys I'm paying attention to. And I always, mm-hmm. again, I keep my bottom line roster fluid. You That's the way to. you want to do it because you want to see who sticks. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm even kind of filling up on those bottom of the roster guys. Picking up guys like a Marcus Murphy. But if you do have room out of this game, that's the guy you want to pick up. Um, let's move on to another game. How about Chicago and Cincinnati? All right, let's do it. So, Joe Mixon looked pretty good there. That nice, sexy touchdown catch he had. Ooh. Juking guys, pushing guys out of the way. Like, hey. Turd. It's my end zone. I'm getting my name's it. Joe Mixon. Out of the way. Deal with it. I think everybody's been waiting for a big rebound year from Joe Mixon, regardless. Uh, somebody had text, uh, wrote me a message like, hey, would you take Joe Mixon or Jarek McKinnon this? And I'm like, I'd take Joe Mixon for Dynasty. He's like, well, you told me three months ago you would take McKinnon. I'm like, yeah, well, that was three months ago. Things changed, buddy. Uh, got You got to move on. It, it's looking like Joe Mixon's going to be pretty locked in here. And with not... You know, Auden Tate's looked good, and John Ross we don't know about, but he's going to see a heavy dose. Oh, yeah. They're going to use him in the passing game. He's he's 
a three down back that catches the ball really well in the backfield. I mean, this is it's what we said last year. I mean, I know that it didn't he didn't get maybe the volume that we were hoping his rookie year, but I the deck's cleared now. You know, they got rid of um, Jeremy Hill. He's off in New England, and and Mixon is the guy, and and they're going to give him a chance. I think to to really shine this year. So we're going to see what we have. Out of camp, you know, noise is coming out that Tyler Boyd's having a pretty good camp. He's somebody we liked a lot coming out of Pitt. I know mm-hmm. at Dynasty Mike, he loved Tyler Boyd a lot. Thought he was locked in to be good. He's still going to be stuck behind a guy like John Ross, who's lined up with the ones there. He had one catch for 20 yards. I think John Ross has some good um, – I like him in best ball leagues. Right. You know, like a nice stash in best ball leagues. But for the most part, still going to be the agent. John, John Ross, though, one catch, 20 yards on five targets. Yeah. So I mean that's a little rough. I mean that's uh, so so John Ross I think is a little bit of a work in in progress still and and they're going to be I think the number 2 situation here in Cincinnati is going to be a little bit fluid especially to start the year. I think it's going to be Tyler Eifert. Um well yeah, he's, he's going to be there. as long as he can stay healthy, he's definitely their next best option after AJ Green. Do you think he's a nice like go out and get guy Tyler Eifert? I mean talking again, guys are cheap and everybody's usually in these type like the help at the tight end. I mean, I I feel the same way about Jordan Reed. Like I'm pretty good on Jordan Reed this year. I like a lot. And well, I mean, Eifert's a he's a good guy if you can get him at the right price, because you're going to have to have another option. You know what I mean? You're going you can't just rely on Tyler Eifert. No, 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 no. You for sure just can't. I mean, and what's the price tag on Tyler Eifert? You know, a second round pick or something? Maybe, no, that's no. You think way. that's too high? That's too high. I wouldn't give a second round pick for Tyler Eifert. Would you? Probably not. No, that's insane. But is the is the person going to accept a third round pick? You're going to no, have to like you'd have to it, give like it would have to be a player for player type you, of thing. You have to get a player that you don't right. really like. Maybe some good hype now. Maybe a guy like Samaje Piran. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah. But do you feel like there's any value there for like for a help like helpful wise like for the Cincinnati offense? Yeah, like I said, yes, I I, I really do. I think he's a great. He's a great asset if he's is healthy. It's just as healthy. He's never healthy. So never it's, healthy. it's one of those things that if you, if you can get him and he's not a guy you're relying on, he's he's somebody that you plan on streaming with another tight end, and you can ride him as long as he's healthy. Then that that's great, you know. And you get him cheap. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, on the bear side, not really much to write, you know, write home about there. I think Trey Burton's really locked in to have a, a solid year. I think that out of all the tight ends. For that, if you combine all the tight end yards that game, it was like 140 yards, I think, um, which should speak pretty well for a guy like Trey Burton. Right. And Adam Sheehan, I mean, did nice. Uh, three, three receptions for 53 yards on three targets. So I, mean, I still like I still she, like Shaheen right. long term. I do. I just think he's going to need that time to develop. Uh, you have Anthony Miller there. You got Allen Robinson there. And then Kevin White's going to be the third guy. What do you think about Ryan Nall? Nine, nine carries, 95 yards. No, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, not 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 a bad rookie. I know that there was some talk about him, you know, coming out of Oregon State as as being not a bad option, and here he is, first first game, averaging over ten yards a carry. Yeah, but I mean, he had one big run though. Yeah, no, he, so, had, a, he had a sixty-nine yarder. Yeah, so that's <laughs> you know, like when I see, I like that's you always have to look at that. You can't look at a guy's yards. Right. You have to see if it's all you know. So if you take away that sixty-nine yards, he had eight carries for what twenty-six yards. Yeah, so it's I'm not a mathematician here. It's about what. Four yards, yeah. No. It's, it's Less, I mean, no, yeah. Three, eight times three is twenty-four. So if you take the eight and you take the three, okay. Well, look at you. It's about three yards per carry. Big difference from his ten point six. He's a bit of a grinder. Yeah, 
So I, I don't know. He's a guy that I'm at least keeping an eye on. I mean, he'll probably he might make the team, and something happens to Jordan I mean, Howard. You gotta hope Jordan Howard goes down, and then besides that, it's the Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard yep. show. So I'm not gonna be overly excited about Ryan now. That's why I said for here, there's not really much to get me excited. For me, Ryan now, he's not even worth a stash. Like to me, Marcus Murphy's worth a stash. Ryan's not worth a stash. I, I agree. I, I think he's worth a watch list type of thing, and and just have him there, see if anything happens, if he makes the team. Hey man, you, you know you, you kind of keep him in your in your mind in case of yeah, an but injury. He, I guess for that for that stake, if you guess he makes the mind uh, makes the team there, I suppose, but doesn't really overly excite me. All right, back to the Cincinnati side though. Auden Tate's been kind of catching some red zone targets out there. Well, he should. He's like six foot five or something. Yeah, he's right? a big dude. Yeah. Um, and he was drafted in a lot of leagues late. Do you think he's holding any value? I still. Uh, I. Uh... I don't. Really, he's one of those guys I could take it or leave it. You know what I mean? Like he's he's nothing special in my eyes. He might be a, a nice little red zone threat, but I think he's going to be very inconsistent. He's going to be totally reliant on whether or not he catches a touchdown. All right, let's move on, shall we? To the let's Browns and Giants. The real action here. Okay, we'll start with the Giants side first. So I don't so I don't just uh, explode all over this table with uh, <laughs> uh cream of joy. <laughs> so Gee, oh God. you know, first carry of the game, Saquon Barkley. People were like, oh, man, this guy, here it is, 1-1 in redraft leagues, look out, 39 yards. 39 yards. This guy is a stud muffin, which he is. Yep. And then he had three more carries for four yards. Yeah. They so, bottled him up a little bit after that. That's right. That's what the Browns do. They bottle people up, shift them out like a Coca-Cola factory, son. So, but again, I still think, I think we're going to see a Saquon Barkley. <laughs> um, he's going to have a couple big runs, but he's going to, I think his run ability is good. Mm-hmm. I never, we've never once said he's like the fantastic in between tackles runner. He's a good running back, you know, getting you between 70 and a hundred yards a game, but his real value is going to catch about six footballs for about another 80 yards. He's right. And he's going to have, he's going to have the workload and the explosive plays and the catches. So, I mean, he's going to be a, a very good dynasty asset and that's why we have him ranked so high. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the juice is worth a squeeze on this one, man. Definitely. He's going to be a monster for when it comes to PPR. I mean, just in fantasy, all the jet, Together and redraft, I'd consider him right there. Um, you know, you got Le'Veon, you have Gurley, you have David Johnson, and you have Zeke. And then to me, you know, you have Kamara there, you have Saquon, uh, Hunt. I mean, it, it, to me, yeah, Hunt. Yeah, it's great, but I think Barkley is really the way to go there. Okay, personally, you're 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 picking between two supermodels. I mean, come on. Yes. You're a winner either way. You're coming out happy. You're going to be walking away with a smile on your face. Uh, any supermodel. So, because besides him, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing in the run game behind him. I mean, you got uh, Wayne Gallman, Jr. Ugh. Well, you know, Jonathan Stewart looked ho- older than dirt. Like, if you're if Wayne well, if know, Wayne Gallman looks explosive and good – um, compared to Jonathan Stewart, I mean, you, it just shows how glue factory Jonathan Stewart actually is. They both had three carries. Yeah, Wayne Gallman averaged one point seven yards per carry, and Jonathan Stewart averaged one yard per carry. Yeah, one point. Jonathan Stewart looked done, man. Yeah, like, he just looked old and dusty. Terrible. Which sucks. I mean, I like Jonathan Stewart when he was good, but he's he's done. Yeah, so I think I think the sneaky winner is a guy who I like all the time. I think who has great dynasty value. Still, I think it's Sterling Shepard. He's a guy who I really like coming out um, of Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked him coming out of school. You know, they get rid of Brandon Marshall there because of Sterling Shepard. I think with, you know, 
Evan Ingram's going to be Evan Ingram. He's going to be a stud. And you got Odell Beckham, who's going to be good there too, but you got to double up on. I think Sterling Shepard's going to have some pretty good value. I think Sterling Shepard, if Eli could play right and everything else can work around him and open things up, definitely those like third down, short, intermediate, slant, route, slant routes. Sterling Shepard could hold like low end wide receiver two numbers and wouldn't shock me this year. It wouldn't shock me either. No, I like him. Like start like he's mm-hmm. gonna be you're gonna be able to start Sterling Shepard week in, week out. I think so. I think he's gonna be pretty consistent, you know, obviously bearing injury, but um yeah, definitely. Okay. Brown side. I, I was gonna okay. say let's move on. Come on, go so, ahead. I can tell that you're going to explode soon. So the bad. Nick Chubb looked terrible. Nick Chubb looked like a scrub. Offense didn't do him any favors. No. But fifteen carries for eleven yards is terrible. So the one thing again, nothing works out. You're not gonna get too carried away in preseason games, but we said when we were talking about Nick Chubb and we moved up in our rankings here and I remember I said, like, I would kind of like, I liked, there's a point I liked carrying Johnson a little bit more than Nick Chubb kind of mm-hmm. at a point. I said, I've been preaching carrying Johnson for a while now, so I feel like I, I could say this, but I was worried until the combine, like, you know, does he have the speed to get outside? Um, will he just be the in-between tackles runner and how far they're going to get you? And it, being fair, if we're going to be fair to everybody else, that's that kind of runner, the fantasy value, where does that hold true for Nick Chubb? And, you know, they re-signed Duke Johnson, and he didn't look that great. Chubb looked slow terrible he looked slow but he looked really good in camp which is crazy it's hard to say because he could never get going the offensive line it was mostly the second string offensive line that he's working behind and they looked terrible the offensive line was bad and he was getting bottled up in the backfield quite a bit so i'm not going to sit here and say you know chubb's done but chubb just didn't look good they need to I, i would love to see him with the first team offensive line to see if maybe with a little bit more wiggle room he can get going a little bit and 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 get through the line. I mean, it's the stuff that I saw in college where he didn't look as explosive getting through the hole as Sony Michelle is showing up in the NFL, which is a little bit disturbing to me. So if you if you you had a rookie draft today, just so happened you had it today, yeah. after all these games, and the board goes one one, it goes Quan Barkley. Mm-hmm. One two. I'm still going Sony Michelle at one two. Personally, okay. I don't know if you would lean that way. I'm. Um, I would say I'm slightly nervous about the knee situation already. Okay. Which I, f- I think we forgot to mention. Did you mention it on the last podcast? I don't think we had a, the knee drained. Uh, I'm not overly worried about that. Like they said, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be ready for week one. I mean, something happened to get his knee drain. Knee drain. I mean, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL last year. Are we worried about him? No. Right. It's not like he it's, he had to get his knee drained. It happens sometimes. If it keeps happening over and over and over again, we're going to have an issue, and maybe it will be an issue. But as of right now, I'm going to go into it where it's not an issue. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I'm not bumping I, – I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't, actually didn't hear that it was just a knee drain. It was just a knee drain. Oh, okay. I thought, was, I thought it was a procedure, like, the, like he had a meniscus or something like that. No, or, they, didn't, they had to drain a knee. Okay, well, that's so, not that big of a deal. Um, like I'm, not, I'm, not even, I'm honestly not even dumping – dropping Darius Geist down my board that far because of ACL. I'm just going to sit on him for a year. He showed me enough that one game, like, okay, I'm going to keep him right around – that four or five depends on where my team is. Right. So say say it goes so say it goes Tony Michelle at two. Sure. At three, I would still go Rashad Penny, even though there's a lot of nervous going on because he hasn't looked that great in camp. Uh, didn't look that great in the preseason game. Chris Carson is looking good. Right. So you're in a timeshare back possibly as it is. Do you still go Penny at three? Do you go Darius Geis at three and sit on the ACL and go there? Um. Or do you go? Do you go crazy and get Kerryon? Go Kerryon Johnson. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a tough decision because Kerryon has looked really good. He has a pretty, I mean, especially after this year. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine Legarrette Blunt 
um, re-signing with the, with the um, Lions. So, I mean, I think he's got a good situation. I, I wouldn't pan you for doing it. So, uh, we'll get, we'll, when we get to the Lions game, we'll talk about it. Right. But with Chubb and Carrion, would you feel right now comfortable for sure taking Carrion over Nick Chubb? I, I think I would. I would 100%, man. Yeah. I would 100% take yeah. Carrion Johnson over Nick Chubb today. Duke Johnson's locked into pass catching ability. Nick Chubb did so show he could be involved in the passing game as well, he though. Made a catch, yeah. And but, that was actually the the one play where he actually looked halfway decent was when he was out in space and he caught a caught a pass and made a guy miss a little bit. So in the passing game for the Browns, mm-hmm. you know, Jarvis Landry, again, he was somebody that I said I went out and tried to inquire in every league. I mm-hmm. tried to get all the Jarvis Landry's shares I could. Now that time has passed, I made all those offers. Um, I can say why. It's because we know here in Cleveland they've been lining Jarvis Landry up outside a lot of people had this uh in this picture of jarvis landry okay he's a slot guy it's always going to be so he's gonna catch little fo- less footballs in cleveland now because you know they don't use him in a slot jarvis landry's a stud he's been absolutely destroying it here in camp i mean now you're gonna watch hard knocks as well so people are gonna see what we see anyways here but from day one reports on jarvis landry's he's been slaughtering it on the offense he's been the best player in offense destroying it is to be targeted heavily to target him early in the game there he did well he's done good to football we're going to see him out just outside just because miami used him in that position does not lock him in in that position antonio brown small yeah odell beckham smaller right are those guys just slot guys no and and i'm telling you jarvis landry is about to uh, he was wide receiver four last year overall he's gonna lock himself in this echelon matt of these upper tier receivers now the guy has the goal I absolutely to be the top agree. Tier. I absolutely agree with that. So yeah. he's he is he was elite last year fantasy football wise. He's about to enter the realm of being elite and as a household name wise. You're talking about a receiver that caught 100 footballs for four straight years. It's never been done. Right. The Browns going to use him. Antonio Callaway. Lock lock him in in the second round of any dynasty rookie draft today. We're talking about dynasty rookie drafts. They're held today. Antonio Callaway locked into the second round. None of that, none of that marijuana stuff bothers you at all. No, not at all. Not everything I read. So here's the thing, with the reports on marijuana report, and I, and I got into this real early with it too. It seems like, um, if you watch the video as well, it says the cop says, "Hey, man, this isn't even a big deal. It's your your driving without a license is probably more important than this." And most likely, honestly, it's probably going to flow right under the bridge, and that's why you didn't tell the team because he's like, oh, "It's not going to be a big deal, probably." Mm-hmm. Um, he just had his he just had his car shipped. Two days prior to, so he had no idea what was going on in there. They drug tested him, the C. We haven't heard anything about drug tests. The GM came out and said, oh, I feel like he's going to pass his drug test, which means he already knows he passed his drug test. He wouldn't right. say that otherwise. Um, so I'm not worried about I think I think the biggest mistake there is he's out at 3 in the morning. That's the biggest mistake which right. he's going to learn. But he's a rookie. And as long as he wasn't smoking weed, I'm okay with it. And we said, he was gonna, we said hey, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when he's going to bust it with weed. But... I think he's got a good mentor in a guy like Jarvis Landry. Um, I think he already realizes now, hey, I can't be screwing around. Like, this is right. a little this is, thing. This is a big is, deal. This is serious now. Yep. And he's got to know that in, he's – In college, they probably shielded him. Yeah. You know, when, when he got busted with weed three or four times or something like that, the, the team shielded him. Now it's out in the open. It's the cops. It's the front-page news of every you know news outlet that covers sports, basically. And granted, Josh Gordon's not here, but mm-hmm. they have him locked in with the starters. Mm-hmm. Like He's been running with the ones. I like him with the ones. He's looked good in camp. Um, I know he started off the, the game a little rough with the three drops, but then Baker pulled him aside, and Baker said, hey, man, listen, 
you know, don't don't worry about that. Let's just keep going. I need you. Let's go. And when it came back, rebounds second half, catches three footballs, has a huge touchdown and a 54-yard uh, nice touchdown pass. Yeah, it was a nice little slant uh, uh, pass that was thrown perfectly. Perfect pass. So he could just keep on running. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. So Antonio Callaway right now, I mean, right behind a guy like Anthony Miller and Michael Gallup, is there another receiver you could think of that you want? After those guys for your rookie drafts? No, those guys are all right. They're all right there. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, we're taking Anthony Miller at 111, 112. We're taking Michael Gallup right around 2122. So, you're looking at right in town. I mean, you got guys like Kellen Balaj going right. in that second round, Naheem Himes going in that second round. Uh, I would still take, you know, I'm okay with taking a guy like Kasiki ahead of him. But right there, I have Antonio Galloway. Boom, 2 5. Lock him in right around there. I think that's, I think that's the end of where he would go. Yeah. Richard Higgins is having a good camp. He is. Uh, showed well. I think Higgins' problem is to be, I really feel like the Browns are going to sign Des Bryant. That would be a problem. Yeah. Uh, that would be a problem for him. Yes. Uh, but he's having a nice little camp, and he played nice in the game. He, he There was a, a couple of comeback routes that were, were thrown beautifully, and he was right where he's supposed to be. Something something that Callaway – there was a, there was a comeback that, that Callaway wasn't where he was supposed to be, that Baker Mayfield threw, and it looked – wildly inaccurate but it was it was really Callaway wasn't where he was supposed to be so it was one of those things where Rashard Higgins has been in the system a couple of years or, or been in the league a couple of years and, and knew where to be and knew how to run the route a little bit better and he's had a really he's been doing it consistently yep. every day in camp Hollywood Higgins definitely worth a stash on your roster if you're talking about guys you want to pick up and stash mm-hmm. worth it gotta be worried this year though because when Gordon comes back you got Callaway there Gordon's going to play. There's a lot of mouth Njoku's there. Njoku's there. Landry's there. Yeah. Duke Johnson's there. And if they sign Des Bryant, which, again, I feel they're going to sign Des Bryant. If you ask me today, Rich, you have a million dollars. You got to bet either the field or the Browns. Where are you going to bet it? I would bet the Browns. That's right. I know know, um, Albright was here and the Patriots were the favorite. But to me, right now, with Des retweeting all the Browns stuff, talking about the Browns, calling it the land, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Now he's like, I'm coming to Cleveland. I think he's going to sign there. But as a whole, that the receiving core looks pretty for dynasty asset wise. It looks pretty solid. And Joku destroyed it. Right. Uh, we're looking at one of the potential next top tier tight ends here, in and, David and Joku. Yeah, I mean, he was one of those guys that was off the charts athletically. He just needed to be a little bit more polished. He he was definitely rough around the edges um, coming from the college game. And and as long as he smoothed out some of those rough spots, I mean, he he was he made a mistake in the game and. And there was a holding call that, that I think it was a holding call or it was offsides or something like that that pushed us back some. And, you know, we, we punted, and he was on the punt team, and he, and he, and he hustled downfield, made a huge play, and, and kind of got back on the good graces, yeah. you know, kind of made up for his mistake, which is something that you love to see, especially on a, on a form, former first-round pick. You know, you don't see that a lot, those guys playing on special teams and stuff. So he's got the right attitude, and, and, it, and it seems like he's putting in the work. So Njoku's a, a, a really good asset. It was a nice rebound. I was, I was pleasantly surprised right after that as well when he yeah. made that tackle. I was like, ooh, good tackle. And exactly. I saw it was A5. I was like, whoa, look at that, Njoku. Yeah. It's, it's a really good thing to see. And then, of course, you have Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. my favorite player in the NFL, Matt. I thought we were just going to move on, but <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I <just> mean, <laughs> when we're talking about things that translate over, uh-huh. Tyrod Taylor looked great. Tyrod, yeah, absolutely. So he's going to be starting in the beginning of the year. He looks. He's going to start. Yeah. Yep. But if you're talking super flex leagues, I mean, give me all the Baker I can. I mean, Baker Baker's been you know our number one guy for a long time. 
for the quarterbacks. Like going back to obviously before he was even drafted by the Browns. So yeah, this was this is not a Browns thing. It's a Baker thing. We've right. said this about Baker the whole time. He was QB one. He's had the best highest ceiling to succeed. He looked Aaron Rodgers esque out there. He was moving well in the pocket and rolling out and still making throws downfield and and moving the chains with his feet. Just just getting you know like third and shorts and stuff like that. Um, Stepping up in the field, keeping his eyes downfield the whole time. It, it was very pocket, nice to I mean. see. I mean, I, I would like to think of any Cleveland Browns fan as more of a um, more of a pro when it comes to spotting backup quarterbacks because we've had so many of them roll through town. Three hundred eighty-four um, in the in the past like twenty years. So um, he's definitely. Something he's starting quality and he's upper upper echelon starting quality um, quarterback. Yes, which upper is echelon. Which is, um, I mean, obviously he's got to develop, but he's got the skills, he's got the accuracy um, that you're really looking for, and he moves well inside the pocket, which yeah. is which is also a, a huge bonus. And when you speak accuracy, he doesn't throw the ball like accurate, like oh, he hit him and he puts the ball exactly where it needs to be for the receiver. Right. The Antonio Callaway uh, touchdown pass. If you if you watch it back, where he throws the football, it's perfect. It's like, right in stride. Didn't have to break anything. He had a step and he maintained the step. Then Joku touchdown where he split the defenders. Right, perfect. Yep, the kid's gonna be a stud. I, it, again, I mean, when it comes to a super flex league, quarterbacks I want, I want to get young guys that you know you're gonna have to want some of these guys go high. I love Andrew Luck this year, but he's gonna be thirty soon right which isn't old for quarterbacks but still he's gonna be 30 i mean if you my ideal situation uh i'm in an auction league right now going on which is super flex and i literally got my ideal situation on love i would love to have baker mayfield for going forward baker mayfield and jared goff are like two quarterbacks oh yeah those are guys are gonna be on explosive offenses they have a lot of weapons around them they're in good situations for a long time to come i think jared goff is a good quarterback uh, who has really good stuff around him. I think Baker Mayfield's a really good quarterback that's going to have really good weapons around him as well. They're being put in positions for success. Um, obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers and guys like that, but those guys are going to go before them. Where Absolutely. five years from now, Baker Mayfield's going to be in that echelon where he's one of the first. He's, he's like Russell Wilson's the second quarterback off the board. It's going to be Baker Mayfield off the board. Mm-hmm. I love him. As a Browns fan who has sat through years and years and years uh, – Rewind it through decades of hot <laughs> freaking garbage. I couldn't be happier as a football fan. Yeah, he looks like he looks like a legitimate starter, which is amazing. I'm thinking Super Bowl. Of course you are. Not this year, but soon enough. Mm-hmm. This year, playoffs. We're gonna shock the world. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been saying Browns are gonna make the playoffs this year. All right. If you doubt me, come at me. I'll we'll make a friendly wager. Browns are going to make the playoffs. I already bet the over. I don't even bet on things, but I already bet the over. The Browns are making the playoffs. I'll be there. I got season tickets. I upped them. I'm happy. I can't sit here and glow. I can do an hour podcast on the Browns and Baker Mayfield, but I won't. We'll move on because we got things to do. We we're do. drinking White Claws here for the Ooh. first time ever. We drink, uh, we, we're drinking alcohol for the first time ever podcast. On the podcast. It's hot out there. We got a pool going after this. So, yes, uh, we do. You know, my pal Tim Turner, uh, fellow podcaster guy, he's put on Twitter. He's like, hey. Are you guys, uh, you know, am I ashamed to put out this White Claw? What are you talking about? I think these White Claws are absolutely fabulous. 100 calories are delicious. No, they are very, they're very good. Hard, hard seltzer. You know what they do? Mm. They get you drunk. Yes, they do. Shibby. And the whole reason you drink alcohol is? To get drunk. I hope so. Yeah. If you drink it for just the taste, then you got an issue, son. 
Let's move on. Uh, I think it's the other way around, but that's all right. Okay. Uh, the Buccaneers and Dolphins. On the Buccaneers side, you know, again, we talked about the struggles of Ronald Jones. He is somebody where everybody else is taking him in the first round. We told you not to. We, we said there's one guy this year that everybody else can take higher that you should not take higher. It's Ronald Jones. We put our stamp on it. We always put our stamp on one guy. That was this guy. Looked terrible in the passing game. Looked terrible in the running game. Uh, to me, this is the Peyton Barber show, who actually looked good again. I've heard out of all camp, he's right. looked great in camp. Peyton mm-hmm. Barber's looked great in camp. Um, and Ronald Jones is not looking great in camp. If you need running back help, and right now, while the Ronald Jones name is still simmering on the oven, I think Peyton Bar- Barber could be had for a pretty good price. Oh, yeah. Because whoever got him got him um, off the waiver wire. You know, I mean, he's just been sitting out there for a while, and – and they probably picked him up late last year for free off the waiver wire, and you can just go out and you can offer him anything. I mean, what what do you what are you thinking? Third round pick? No, what? it's gonna take more than that. You think so? Because if they're playing dynasty, they're somewhat in the loop, and they're seeing he, there's a potential he's gonna start there. I'm gonna offer a second round pick for Payne Barber. I'm a very I'm gonna feel very comfortable with that. Okay. that. I would um, if I needed running back help, I would throw something on top of that too, like. I'd offer a second and a third. I'd offer a second and a, like a player that might have some name value that I don't want, want possibly. Um, but for me, I would go out there and get Payne Barber. I think he's to be startable. Mm-hmm. I think he's to be usable. I think he's on a good team with a nice offense as well. I think Ronald Jones is not the guy there. I don't think he'll ever really potentially be the guy there. Um, so to me, I like Payne Barber for 2018. We'll see how that goes over because, again, hashtag two, three-year window as it is. He's not going to break that mold at all. But for 2018, I like me some Peyton Barber. I, yeah, that's for the reason that you said there at the end. That's why I would, I would hesitate to put in a second-round pick on the guy because he might just be a one-year Band-Aid type of player. But if you need running back help, Matt, in a, in a class next year, you're not overly excited about already in the first. I mean, if you can get one year of good production for a running back when you need running back help, first, what more can you ask for yeah, for a running back you're, you're taking a second? It would have to be the right situation, you know what I mean? I mean, if we're taking Kellen Balaj in a second, I mean, what do you expect to get out of that? You really expect Kellen Balaj to come in and be the in-between? Do- I mean, I know the potential is there, but not any more potential that Peyton Barber's going to have to be the guy in Tampa Bay. Uh, no, I understand. It's just it's it's a juggling act for me a little bit because I don't I don't know that Peyton Barber – is the missing piece that's going to win you a championship. You know what I mean? So what are you giving up a second-round pick for just this year to make the playoffs or something like that? I mean, it, I'd feel okay no, if he was – What if you have – what if your running backs were – what if you had, you know, what if you do have two good run? Okay, so what do you have that's, two good That's the backs, scenario. Right? It, would have to be the, it would have to be the right scenario. You would have to you, – you can't be having – you can't have one running back – and and Peyton Barber is the other guy that you go out and, and you pay a second round pick for because you're not gonna that's not the difference maker you know what I mean like but he he could be a good third back to have what if you for have sure. what if you have Le'Veon Bell Duke Johnson and then say you drafted Darius Geis to be your third right. or ideally your second and then you, like everybody else you have is kind of like you know you have Frank Gore and you have like you know just like oh, guys that you can't really trust right you're not comfortable giving up a second round pick for so i would be Johnson, I, I would be in Bell, that scenario i would be in that scenario and that's what i mean like it's it th- that one the Peyton Barber and a second round for a second round pick it would have to be the right situation that's all i'm trying to say okay i and i understand that as well yeah i mean you're not drafting him to be the guy right he's a he's the cherry on top of your your cupcake yep cuz he he's he to me is a very short term type of asset with the potential of becoming a little bit like longer as in like two years, you know, right? But but I would I would I view him as a short term fix. I mean, look good in the 
He's looking in camp. Um, he comes in this game, has uh, four carries for 21 yards and a touchdown. Pretty, 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 no, he, pretty, yeah, pretty he, good. he absolutely did. Had um, two catches, negative one yards, but hey, still two points. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Justin Watson, a guy we said to kind of stash on the bottom of your mm-hmm. one roster there, still still worth a dynasty rookie late round pick. He has uh, three catches for 30 yards on all uh, three targets. News is they're going to start Chris Godwin over Deshaun Jackson. Do you think they hold true to that? I wouldn't be surprised at all if they hold true to that. I would hold true to that. I would start Chris Godwin. I think Deshaun Jackson's days of being like a useful fantasy asset are kind of behind him. So, See, I heard last year, too, um, if you watched the tape that Deshaun Jackson got open a lot and Jameis Winston didn't see him. It was more on Jameis and Deshaun Jackson. So the bad year on Deshaun Jackson wasn't really as much on – him it was more on kind of Jameis which I was kind of surprised you know I didn't know that right uh it's what I read and there was some when I read it I, I can't regurgitate all the facts what I read but that's what I read and he had proof to back it up well, what's the good what's the good in reading if you can't regurgitate it word for word rich I don't know these white claws are getting in my brain and they're kind of filtering <laughs> down my system Matt. um on the Miami side Ryan Tannehill looked okay I think that's Ryan Tannehill in a nutshell he just kind of looks okay um Kenyon Drake looked you know for his couple carries good I gave up. I just I was in a league and I need. Okay, so I'm in a league. Yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I need a running back, and I ha- again I have Alvin Kamara, and then my running back two is Chris Thompson, and then I have like nobody else. I have mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead. Okay, so my running backs are Rex Burkhead, Alvin Kamara, and Chris Thompson, and literally nobody else. Rest of my team is championship caliber. Uh, I give up a 2019 first for Kenyon Drake. Your thoughts? Um. I don't think that's a bad play, man. I think it's it's going to be a little inconsistent at first, um, figuring out where he and Frank Gore kind of how they split carries. But I have zero worries about Frank Gore taking carries. Okay, I, think, I mean, I, I, I literally think, I just think, think Frank Gore is just there because he went to Miami. It's a backup running back. They drafted Kellen Balash to kind of be kind of that guy too. I think Gore is just there to be Gore. I think he owed zero point zero fantasy value. I think even if Kenyon Drake got hurt. I think they'd utilize Kellen Balage more than they would even utilize Frank Gore. Um, I think I think Kenyon Drake. Uh, we mentioned him before. I think Kenyon Drake falls in Al- Alex Collins a little bit more valued now, but I think they were the two most underrated running backs in dynasty fantasy football, where I, they, the value was so affordable, which is usually not the case for a starting young running back. I I'm, I agree. I just think, um, and I don't think that Frank Gore is a fantasy asset. I just think he might chew into Kenyon Drake's carries just somewhat at the beginning of the year that's it okay we'll see i think he owes good value there mm-hmm. kellen blodge i think holds really good value in the passing game yeah um to be that third down back we'll see how he can pass block but he did get 10 carries only 3.7 but he was utilized in a passing game with five targets caught three of them for 23 yards that's a good start i'm gonna monitor that very closely uh throughout the preseason because that might give him some really good redraft value as well and blodge uh he was a he's a he's a good athlete coming out of college and he could his game was um Predicated on his pass catching ability, basically. His, Which is his weird. Fantasy. He looks like, when you look at him like that's a big dude. Yeah, he's he's a, he's like a big, strong, two hundred and twenty five pound back, but he catches the ball really well. He's got nice soft hands, so that doesn't surprise me that he came away with three catches in his first game. Okay, so now I'm seeing a lot of stuff out here online and stuff about Kenny Stills. People are putting stats up there to compare him, like these other good receivers and their stat lines and stuff. And everybody's like, oh, everybody's sleeping on Kenny Stills. He's going to be the man out there. Uh, he comes in. He has two targets, two catches for twenty yards. Is Kenny Stills going to be the man? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
Not in my eyes, no. We're one of the few that don't think he's going to do anything. Okay. Well, I just never thought that Kenny Stills was all that special. I think he's he's an okay wide receiver. I just don't think he's ever going to be a hugely consistent fantasy asset. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's going to have games that are good, but um, good luck predicting when. Yeah, I want nobody in this passing game except for Devontae Parker. Even him, he's hanging on a thread, and I'm a big fan of Parker, but you know, his, he's had a shitty camp, and that's not a good place to be. It, it's not. It, it's a very fluid situation. I'm not I'm sure that um, Devontae Parker has the number one wide receiver role even locked down there. So it's it's a very fluid situation. It, it could end up being Kenny Stills, but that's not an inspiring uh, turn of events for me. Like, oh, I, I love – I need me some Kenny Stills. Like, that's just a bad reflection on their passing game in my eyes. Moving on. All right. Saints in Jacksonville. On the same side, if you're in a super flex league, you want to pick up Taysom Hill and stash him. Okay. Uh, there's been some rumors out there. They really like what he's doing. In the passing game, he was 8 for 9 for 72 yards, no picks. But then really mobile with the foot, too. Seven rushes, 52 yards, and a touchdown with a long right. of 21 yards. This is a guy who there's some rumblings out of New Orleans that they're really happy with, and they view him as everybody's like, oh, when are they going to draft the quarterback? When are they going to draft the quarterback? that they feel they might have potentially the Drew Brees apparent on staff in Taysom Hill. Oh, nice. And, again, if you want – just how we talked about the offense and the scheme and the system mm-hmm. and where they play and why Alvin Kamara fits so well, if Hill can sit behind somebody like a guy like you know Drew Brees, like Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for a couple of years and then come in and have a guy like Alvin Kamara and have a Michael Thomas there and have a Traquan Smith there – and walk into a good situation inside a dome, I think Taysom Hill is somebody, if you have room on a super flex roster, might be worth a stash if you can hold on to him for about two more years. Right around there, I'm thinking. Right around two years. I mean, and and to put it into perspective, I mean, we do this kind of stuff all the time uh, in a normal league with, with guys, you know, wide receivers and running backs, tight ends especially. So, I mean, why not? throw a guy like this who's just kind of like a dart throw at the bottom of your roster in Superflex. It's, it's not a bad move. I, I don't see it as much, I don't think. I never uh, watched tape on Taysom Hill. Right, I'm right. going off of everything I read from right, the New sure, Orleans reporters. Sure. You know what I mean? So I, you know, I love to follow like all these reporters that cover each team. And you know, you read their little articles. and what Because then they're talking to the coaching staff and what they think and what they, what they have go. And you made a great point. I think that's – honestly, I think it's a, a fabulous point where in Superflex – for a Superflex league where you go – you know, he killed on these tight ends. I mean, people are holding on to Chad Kelly in right, Superflex sure. leagues with the hopes of – so why not Taysom Hill? You know, Drew Brees is older. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I mean, he's getting to the end of the rope for sure. So if, if, the, if there's any even remote rumblings saying this guy could potentially be the guy, and so far he comes out in game one and he does this, okay, so what's the harm of picking him up this week in a Superflex when – because what if he comes out again next week, right? And he plays a little bit more, and he does the same thing. And this time he throws for 120 yards and another touchdown. And now the rumblings get a little bit louder and go, yeah, this Taysom Hill guy is not too bad. And, you know, New Orleans is a good, you know, feel like this. And then game three plays, and he comes and he starts game four, and he, he does really well too. And now now somebody, somebody else who's super flex already picked him up. Sure. I mean, where do, you think, where do you think a guy like Tony Romo came from? I mean, that's what he was. He was just like a third-string quarterback that kind of came along at, at slowly at, in Dallas, and then boom. All of a sudden, you know, that they move on from I don't even remember who and and, and he's the starting quarterback and he did awesome. So did I mean, awesome. Right. And, so, and that was the same guy it was the same offense. I mean it was it was Sean Payton, if 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 yeah, memory serves me right. correctly. You are right, um, yeah. 
so it's not like he doesn't have a track record of developing guys. Yeah, because we don't we don't get the opportunity to talk a lot of super flux here when it comes to quarterbacks. Definitely for like stashes. I think Taysom Hill for me is a nice stash. We don't get a lot of those guys to talk about. This is one of those opportunities um, for the first time ever for a quarterback stash. I like him as a stash. Again, bottom of the roster, we treat him just like everybody else. If you have to cut him, you have to cut him. But it's if the, if it turns out where he ends up being the starter, then you just hit pay dirt. Absolutely, pay dirt. Um, uh, uh, offensive side of the wall. Uh, ball so far rumor is Jonathan Williams looks better than Terrence West out there so if you're looking for the backup running back to be the guy besides Mark Ingram Jonathan Williams right now right and he did he did nice for uh four carries 26 yards for 6.5 yards per average um or per carry average and and a touchdown so he did nice Traquan Smith came in caught four of his five targets 48 yards guy's gonna be a player um you know we still don't know we're gonna see in Cam Meredith still right but I think for a couple of years down the road, it's going to be Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith show, and it's going to be a pretty good show to watch. On the Jacksonville side, uh, Dante Moncrief, uh, Keelan Cole started. <laughs> Keelan Cole started, Matt. Um, he, had, he has a foot thing going on, though. Doesn't Isn't Cole that has the foot? Yeah, or, he didn't start because he didn't play. Yeah, but right. he was listed on the death chart as a starter. As well. right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, have another white claw. <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, I mean, I get there's not we still don't know a definitive answer how this passing game is going to pan, pan out. You know, this is this D.D. Westbrook caught three of his five targets. You got Moncrief there. He caught three of his four targets. Shark sure. caught one of his targets. He caught his own, only target for 15 yards. So, yeah, th- this is a very fluid situation. There's a lot of miles to feed. It's going to take a while, I think, for this one to really pan out. Who's one, two and three. Yeah, I didn't take anything away from this this team so let's move on because we're, we're really running up against it now yep. so my baker mayfield explosion of love uh pittsburgh philadelphia pittsburgh side of the ball james connor's had a really good camp had a pretty solid game there too yeah. for his four carries 25 yards i think he's looking in pretty good shape to be the backup running back there i think so um, yep. and if he could keep doing this with bell out he might be put himself in a position to be the starter next year this is exactly what we talked about when he was drafted coming back out of the cancer battle this is a guy you want to still take in the second round because when Le'Veon bell does leave if he does leave he could potentially be the guy we're seeing a little bit more of that throughout camp a little bit more throughout the preseason if they can keep putting this together they might have the answer in james connor who's a nice bruising running back absolutely juju smith had a great play he had one great play one catch 71 yards and touchdown mm-hmm. that's very good stuff James Washington's looking pretty snazzy out there as well. He's had a really good camp yeah. uh, as well. But besides that, that's that's pretty much it out of Pittsburgh, right? Uh, that is, yeah. Um, let's flip it over to the Philadelphia side. Clement had a nice game. Corey Clement. Uh, besides that, in the receiving game. So here's for the Eagles. Dallas Goddard has had a really nice camp. Comes in this game, four catches on five targets, 66 yards, and touchdown. Word out of camp is he's catching a touchdown every single day. And they're blown away by how talented this guy is. Now, we had him as our number one tight end coming into the year until the draft. We number sure did. one. He's he's fallen so far. I got him in the fourth round of a rookie draft last week. You gotta be kidding me. I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I we, don't know me why. and you were like scrambling the one the or was it the second round or something like that? Third round. Third round, okay. He was available. In our, in and we were trying one. to get up there to get him, yeah. yeah. So and, we, and every year, Matt, there's a one freaking guy that we go, we bump down because of a situation, and then every single damn time over the last 10 years. Right. We go, why the hell do we bump that guy down? Why do we bump him down? Because the talent speaks for itself. Why would we bump him down because he was drafted there just because Zach Ertz is there? Because now 
I'm thinking, and you mentioned this last two weeks ago on the podcast about the uh, about the salary situation is, if Dallas Goddard keeps doing this, they're going to be able to trade Zach Ertz, or they're going to be able to get out from under his money and just roll with Dallas Goddard. Yeah, his his structure, his contract is structured as such that after this year they can basically get out from underneath it. So it's it's one of those things where. They could just be moving on from the guy. They could they could cut him or they could trade him, just like you said. And and Dallas Goddard could be the guy going forward. And and for a team that does, I don't think they had a ton of cap room to begin with. It, it's a it might be one of those necessary moves, you know, once they have to sign a um, uh, a Carson Wentz and, and a couple other people. So it's 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 definitely in the cards. It, it could happen. Of course, they can move around money and keep both of them. But it's it's one of those things where the guy's talent is is really shining and, and we shouldn't have bumped him down probably as much we as we gave did. him a first round grade he got bumped to late second right. probably went third and lots of drafts again i stole him in a fourth i when i looked at it he was available i literally had a double blank i'm like why is he still even on the board and i have zach Ertz in right. that league so it was oh, so great you, yeah you, it was even better for the perfect me. situation for you so um yeah dallas goddard he just let me put it this way he went look where he went in your draft right say he went third offer a second point. offer a second see what you can do offer a second Go out and get some Dallas Goddard shares because he is the future there in Philadelphia. I'm going to guarantee that. Uh, moving on, Rams and the Ravens. Rams did absolutely nothing on the offensive side, but John Kelly, Matt, looked fantastic. Yeah, 13 carries, 77 yards. It was one of those guys that um, I didn't see a ton in college, so I'm a little bit surprised by this. Um, but some but, people loved him. Some we people were, loved him. People it was, loved him, yeah. and he looked good yeah he felt he fell in the draft and and had a horrible situation so i mean he was one of those guys that i had way way down on my board but uh here he is showing that you know it, it's not all about where you land it's you know what you do with your opportunity and here it is caught the ball well yeah. ran the ball well obviously Gurley's the man there so he has no chance for success whatsoever unless Gurley gets hurt but if you're a Gurley owner I think you should try and lock this guy up and try and try and put pool maneuvers somehow so you can get him on your roster just to handcuff him because if he's one of those handcuff, it looks like after one game, of course, man, just one game. But if we're gonna go off that one game, it looks like he's somebody that if Gurley did go down, you could plug right into your starting lineup and feel pretty comfortable. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get those backup running back handcuff running backs where your running back goes down, and you're like, oh, I gotta start this turd. Oh, you know, Geis is down. I gotta start. Samaje Pirine. Uh. Hello, number one overall pick in 2019. Here I come. <laughs> On the Ravens side, uh, Alex Collins, limited time, look good. Lamar Jackson, look good. I wish I had some Lamar Jackson shares. Brashad Perriman, the homeless predator, desperately trying to make this team, comes in, catches three of his four targets for 71 yards and a touchdown along of 32. Look at that predator. Holy cow. Look at him. Look at him go. Look at him. They had this new movie coming out with female predators. This guy's like, I got to stick around. There's some tang rolling around here, bud. <laughs> not going anywhere. Who's my competition, huh? Oh, my. But at the same time, John Brown has been destroying camp. Yeah, he's been looking really good. And obviously, Crabtree is kind of just a... He's locked in. Yeah, he's a locked in type of guy that he's going to catch everything that's thrown his way. But if Perriman keeps doing this, he'll make the team. He might make the team. And still hold no fantasy value. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I like John Brown as a buy low. I really do. I think he's a, I think he's a good value. Uh, that's going to help out some teams there. Washington and New England. On the Washington side, obviously we talked about guys, so they bring in some AJP Ryan. Seven carries, 31 yards, 4.4 average. Not terrible, but what? Yeah, we all saw some AJP Ryan. He's not solving any problems. Nope. He's not He's not vanilla ice. If there's a problem, he's not solving it. No. Uh, 
Is there anything you want to talk about the Redskins besides that we didn't cover about Geis? I think that's a big story there. Not really, man. That's... Any 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 stashes or anything you want to talk about? No, nothing, man. New England side. Any stashes you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, everybody's like, ooh, Ralph Webb, Ralph Webb. I saw some people picking up Ralph Webb in my uh, lineup. Ralph Webb is not going to make the roster. Um, chances are pretty good that he's not, but I'll, I'll throw Ralph Webb, Webb on a watch list. I will throw him on a watch list. I think Jeremy Hill showed enough. If Jeremy yeah. Hill could keep doing what he showed there, which was 11 carries for 51 yards uh, in a touchdown, he's going to be the backup running back there, uh, which is going to be a good spot to be. It's still going to be the Rex Burkhead show. I think it's I think it's going to be Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle. I think it's going to come down between Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley. And if you ask me today, I'm going to give that spot to Mike Jeremy Hill, and I know you will too because you said Gillisley wouldn't make the roster, and that was three weeks ago. Indeed. Um, as a receiving factor, we all, you know, Chris Hogan, good stuff. James White, he's going to catch a lot of footballs. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see, right? Yep, absolutely. We're really – we're an hour and five minutes in this podcast. Yeah, we got to cruise through these last I forgot ones. when we actually talk about football games, we, it takes a little bit longer than It normal. sure does. Green Bay, Tennessee, Matt. Uh, Jake Kumaro's had a really good camp, really good camp. I told you I went through every single league I could yeah. and picked him up. They said he got some runs with the ones that Aaron Rodgers has been targeting him. He comes in, seven targets, only three catches, but they were for three, uh, 76 yards and a touchdown. Marquez, Valdez, Scantlin. Again, reporters are saying, hey, I know they took Jamon Moore right ahead of him, but this is the receiver that's really stood out amongst the rookie draft picks. Mardez, Marquez, Valdez, Scantlin. He has some really nice value going for somebody's got to step up already worried about Randall, you know, Randall Cobb comes off practice with the ankle, same, same ankle. Uh, they had surgery on that was booted up. Yeah. You know, let me hold on. Hold on. We gotta, we gotta oh, go soon. No. Hello balls. Oh gosh. I bust out these crystal balls real quick balls. Will Randall Cobb make it through the whole season or will that ankle just give up on him? Ooh, I just see a pair of crutches. Oh my gosh, ball. that's that not, can't be good. That's not a good sign. And they're they're marked like oh, and there's a skull coming up from behind. No, those are the crutches of death. Not looking good for oh, Cobb. No. That is not a good sign, Matt. And you know, again, a contract they can kind of get away from here soon. Yep. Uh, so to me, they're going to see what they have in guys like Jake Kumaru, Jamon Moore, Equinemia St. Brown. So for me, Randall Cobb for the guy who we all thought might be really good value this year in fantasy football. I'm a cop snob as it was, and now I'm going to treat him like he's got, you know. He's got the plague. He's got the plague. Ten-foot pole. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, he's got that cheesy smell. <laughs> and not just because he's from Green Bay. He's stinky. I'm going to kind of stay away from there. Uh -huh. um, Ty Montgomery was utilized. And, again, Ty Montgomery, who's listed as a running back, if Randall Cobb goes down, they could utilize him a little bit more they in the slot. Right It'd be that slot, slot receiver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Taiwan Taylor's look good. <laughs> Tennessee. Corey Davis is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, again, I still like Deion Lewis over Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry, uh, I think in redraft leagues and a lot of things, uh, my friend Matthew Batch put out tweets like, who's going to be the most disappointing fantasy guy this year? I replied, Derrick Henry. Yep. I feel like for, for the value, I think he's going to be very disappointing for people. Uh, we've been preaching for years, and I think even people that fight us on this and say that we are stupid and we don't know what we talk about, even though the proof is in the pudding, they're going to be like, wow, wow, they were right. <laughs> they, they're they they're not going to be able to fight us for long. <laughs> <laughs> Keep fighting with those sticks. We've got machine guns. Uh, Houston, Green, uh, not Green Bay, Houston, Jeez. Kansas City. Again, I mean, if you're looking for, we, we talked about, um, 
Trey Swanson, but he didn't get any carries in this game. Right. Don't know why. Was that's, he a, hurt? that's a little. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I have to dig into that one because I actually didn't get a chance to catch up on this game yet. So no, I didn't watch this game at all. Right. Uh, they're still looking for the number two receiver out there. Not a lot to come really take away from this game, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, from either side of the ball, I think right. they're both locked in. It's a little bit of chalk here. Um, where they're at, Indy, Seattle. I think it was really good to see uh, Andrew Luck out there throwing the football there. We mentioned that who who is going to be the other receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton now. We said it was Ryan Grant. Now that Deion uh, Kane is gone, we mentioned the tight end situation, how we like that. What about the running back situation? This is a big question for a lot of people because, you know, Marlon Mack on the shoulder surgery. I did not like at all what I saw out of Marlon Mack last year at all. I Again, I said, I think if I, I think the running back situation is going to be Jordan Wilkins. And I think it's going to be Naheem Hines there. But then we, Robert Turbin, who suspended the first couple games, Average 4.5 yards per carry. Before that, they're saying he has a good camp. Do you think when Turbin comes back, he'll be the guy? I, I don't think that he'll be the guy. I think he could chew into to some carries. But he also he also injured his foot, and we're waiting to hear back That's right. on, on how much, you know, the extent of that injury. So Robert Turbin, I don't think is – I mean, obviously for the first few games when he's um, suspended, we don't have to worry about it at all. But, um, I mean, I have, I have him out. I might as well use him. I mean, everybody's asking who's going to be the starting running back for the Indianapolis Colts. I might, I had the balls in my hand. Right. Okay. Well, so let's, they're let's, in my court. Let's right? let's hear it. Sweet succulent balls. Oh my gosh. Who will be the starting running back for the Indianapolis Colts that held holds the most fantasy points for the 2018 season? <gasps> J W. Jordan wow, Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins is a running back you want to own for the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to be there. He's going to have enough catches on his resume that it holds some value. And he's going to be their main in between the tackles runner there. Naheem Hines will be used in the passing game. Not enough to really kind of hold value that he could start week in, week out. But Wilkins will be that low end running back, two kind of running back. They'll have somewhat of a committee going on there where they're going to utilize a little bit of everybody. But for the back, if you want to have for fantasy football purposes, the balls are telling me, Matt, it's Jordan Wilkins. Do you want to argue with the balls? I'm never going to argue with the balls when they're no, talking about that. Definitely when they're freshly, freshly shined. Oh, my gosh. I thought um, you were going to say something else, and I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I said shined. <laughs> Yeah, oh, talk about man. crystal balls here, man. I don't know where you're trying to go. With I it. don't know. These what are I'm very. Talking. This is crystal. Yeah, all right. right? That yes. predicts the future. I know. I Nothing know. else, man. I know. Get your head out of the gutter, please. Right. Seattle. Um, all throughout camp, they've been saying Chris Carson's guy looks the best. He's gonna be the guy, and I'm like, that's rubbish. You don't invest a first round pick in a running back who's at 2,000 yards to start a guy. Chris Carson, who was what, like a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick? He was, a, I believe, a sixth. Okay, that's what I thought, too, sixth-round pick. It, it doesn't happen, okay? It doesn't happen. And then here we come, preseason game one, they start Chris Carson. It was a seventh. It was a seventh. <laughs> I thought it was a seventh. <laughs> I just spit all over my computer. Gross. They bring in Chris Carson. He's a starter. He has four carries for 26 yards. That's good for six and a half carries. Six and a half yards, yards per carry. carry. I've been drinking some white claws. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Rashad Penny, they say, just looks average in camp. He has eight for 16. <laughs> you divide the eight into 16, it gives you a two. That's two yards per carry. That is garbage. Um, I still like Rashad Penny long term, but there's some drastic concern here starting to build up here where it's going to be a running back by committee uh, situation. 
And when it comes to running back by committee, that's what pushed all this zero running back talk to the forefront. It made all the wide receivers first round draft picks in your dynasty league because you want nothing to do with this running back by committee. Here we are in Seattle. It's looking like running back by committee. And you know what, Matt? I'm not having it. I want nothing to do with a running back by committee. I need Rashad Penny to step up and be the guy. You know, people invested a lot of draft capital in this guy. They sure did. The Seattle Seahawks invested a lot of draft capital in this guy. He needs to get his crap together because, listen, your draft status doesn't get you anywhere. Nowhere. Because other guys are hungry and are going to come after your job. And Chris Carson is coming. He's He's coming hard. He's already there. Oh, my. (laughs) He's not giving you just a tip, Matt. He's going all the way. One of the problems is that their offensive line is not that great. It's terrible. It's the worst offensive line in the NFL. So um, It's terrible, Matt. Their offensive line is terrible. Yeah. It's a little rough um, at this point. I wish they would invest some draft capital in the offensive line, but they haven't. So Rashad Penny could catch the ball better than Chris Carson. Uh, All right. Right. You definitely can. I'm very, very last game. Then we're gonna get the hell out of here. All okay, right. you ready? Dallas I'm... and San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. Everybody got hurt. They're saying Jarek McKinnon's gonna be a split timeshare back. He had three carries for negative four yards. Hurt his uh, potential a little bit there. I'm not gonna jump to conclusions here as well. His biggest value all along was gonna be in the passing game. Matt Brady could be the in-between tackles runner. If you give me a Christian McCaffrey, Duke Johnson kind of year, which Kyle Shanahan can do with the pass catch and running back, and he catches those amount of footballs, he's still going to be a running back one, and I'm all in for that. The receiving side, I've been telling you guys for weeks and weeks that Marquise Goodwin is going to be a top 16 fantasy receiver. He's locked in as a number one receiver. Dante Pettis, Dante Smettis, I don't care if he's dropped in the second round because Pierre Garçon's going to be the number two receiver there. George Kittle's going to be the stud tight end there. That's all you need to know about San Francisco, Matthew. It's going to be Matt Breda, Jarek McKinnon, Pierre Garçon, George Kittle, and Marquise Goodwin. If you tell me one guy i got to have in that receiving game, it's going to be George Kittle for my dynasty team, but the number two is going to be Marquise Goodwin. On the Dallas side, Michael Gallup, we've been saying forever, he has those big monster hands. They need a receiver. He's locked in. He's a receiver you want. He had a really um, nice, you know, one catch, 30 yards for a touchdown. It was a nice It was a nice grab. Kid's going to be good. Yep. Alan Hearns is going to be okay. You're going to be able to play him on your fantasy team, but he's not going to be a stud muffin. Michael Gallup's going to be the future possibly there, but they're going to sign somebody. They're going to draft somebody. There's going to be another receiver there in the future who's not named Allen, not the last name Hearns. Gallup's the guy they own in Dallas if your name's not Ezekiel Elliott. And if you were watching that game, Blake, Blake Jarwin was out the very first play. They ran a play to him, um, you know, a nice little, like, kind of like a screen pass to the tight end um, early. So it was one of those things where they he was out there early and they got him the ball early. So it's a nice it's a nice maybe predictor for where they see their passing tight end. We pr- we've right. said that. We've been saying that for a month that Blake Jarwin's the guy that owned there. We went through it, and that's the guy who we picked. Predicted. He, we did, and, and it's it's just nice validation that he was out there earlier, and they're throwing him passes. It's a very true story. I don't even have to bust out the crystal balls in that one, because we are the balls in that case. Um, <laughs> we just have all our hair. So, that is it. As we're an hour and 15 minutes in, I forgot how these episodes go in the season. We can't, be, you know, no dilly-dallying. No dilly We started till, off very dilly-dally. I can't wait till we go to these two episode bonus episodes when we cut these down. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, we're back, baby. Football is pretty much back. All right? This I'm going. Awesome. To, I'm going to Brown Stadium next Friday to go watch football in person. That is awesome. That's great, man. I can't wait to see Baker for the first time. It's going to be sweet. Until, Baker! It's me, your biggest fan. <laughs> What's that 40-year-old guy over there yelling at me for? 
Kids are as old as I am. Oh, my. Um, but, of course, we'll be back next week. Whatever happens later in the week, we don't know. We're recording this on Saturday. Matt and I are going to go hit up the pool. We're going to have a couple more White Claws. Ah. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you join. Uh, check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. Uh, join the Facebook group. There's We're over 2,500 members out there. The amount of information, fantasy polls on there. If you're not on there yet and you've been waiting, what are you waiting for, silly? The season's upon us. You need all the help you can get. Me and Matt will get you there, but you might need a little slap on the tuckus from behind you. Whoa. Where are you going to get that from? The Facebook group. Absolutely. Or you might get on Twitter. If you want to jump on Twitter and talk Dynasty Fantasy Football or any fantasy football, hit me up. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And, of course, if you want to support the podcast right now, today, before we have any other way to support it, you can do it by buying Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, the most comfortable t-shirt you're going to wear in your entire life. You're guaranteed to increase your high-five intake. Your sex likes, you know, if it's good now, even better. You think that's impossible? Wait till you buy the shirt. If it's terrible, buy the shirt. It'll get a little bit better. And trust me, when it comes to a sex life, even a little bit better is fantastically better. And, of course, if you want to do it for free, please jump on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. It's a great way to support the website and the podcast. Rich loves them. He loves reading them. I check it every other day to see if there's a new review. It's such a moral boost for him. Just got a new one. Whoever it was, I don't remember their name. The review was fantastic. The praise that he gives us was fantastic. I don't know who you are. But you're, you and I are virtual friends. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, that's it. I think I plugged everything. Yeah, I think so. T-shirts, reviews, News, websites, websites, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Nailed it. Got it. Yep. Until then, we'll be back next week. Go Baker Mayfield. Go Browns. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.